Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Hey, Luke Combs, I know you're listening to the show. Come back to Missoula. We'd love to have you. It's actually incredible how much he's blown up since he was here. He was big. He was starting to blow up last time he was in Missoula, but now he's just gigantic. I mean, now he's just selling out everywhere. I mean, you hear the voice? Of course he is. It's unbelievable. One of my favorite new country guys out there. Happy Monday. Uh, If you had the day off, uh, awesome, and a happy Juneteenth. Also, happy Father's Day, a day late. And uh, happy birthday to one of my great friends, uh, Bob, in case you're listening. Uh, love you, man, and uh, happy birthday to you as well. No matter who you are, where you're at, appreciate you for tuning in. You can always find Nuanas now between 4 and 6 p.m. right here on 102.9 ESPN Radio, as well as on the ESPN MT app, both live and archived. And you can always catch us, statewide television, SWX Montana TV as well. If you ever miss anything in the show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day. Appreciate those fine sponsors. Go rate, review, subscribe to the Nuanas Now podcast. You want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888 All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Andrew, we did some best of the weekend when it came to the United States Open, but you were telling me on our drive to Butte for the East-West Shrine game about the United States men's soccer team. So we beat, uh, we as in the United States national team, beat uh, Mexico uh, pretty handily. And Andrew and I were having a discussion about it, it, how much progress that is for United States men's soccer. And then a couple dominoes have fallen sort of recently in that world as well. I don't know if you saw this, but Mexico's coach got fired today. And uh, you were also explaining to me sort of the re-upping of the uh, United States men's coach. So just give us a, just a brief update. What, what went down over the weekend? Pretty crazy weekend. Well, the U.S. went on to beat Canada 2 to nothing yesterday. Uh, in the final of that Nations League tournament. So that's just one of a, a couple continental championships that the U.S. plays in that usually come down to 
the U.S. and Mexico. Uh, this time, the U.S. beat Mexico 3-0 in the semis on Thursday uh, and two beat Canada 2-0 in the final yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. That Thursday game was was pretty wild because news broke right around the time that game started uh, that the U.S. had hired back their head coach at the last World Cup. The U.S. Has, has had interim coaches for the last six months. The way it works in international soccer is you coach for a World Cup cycle, and all these guys' contracts run out right after the World Cup. So the old U.S. men's national team coach, Greg Berhalter, uh, his contract ran out after the World Cup in December, and then there was a whole bunch of drama around him, uh, around him, some of the players, some of the parents of the players on the team. Uh, just a, a crazy story. I don't know if you want to get into the whole thing right now. We will get into the whole thing sometime because this is a crazy story, but but there's just a lot of moving parts going right now. A lot of moving parts, a lot of like old feuds, I guess, going on, and a lot of drama. Um, so the U.S. was, for the last six months, has been looking for a head coach, and it was announced on Thursday as that game was starting that Greg Berhalter would be coming back to coach the U.S. national team. And remember, this thing works in World Cup cycles. He'll be there through 2026 now. The reason this is important, well, there's a variety of reasons this is important. So international soccer is the most popular. Well, soccer in general is the most popular sport in the world. And uh, international soccer, when the World Cup rolls around, is one of the uh, true global events. And the World Cup this next time, in 2026, is in North America. There will be plenty of action in American cities, but also in Canada and Mexico. So, uh it's going to be right here for the first time in three decades, so we'll certainly uh, get you all primed for it. Yeah, and the the other thing, I mean, after that news broke right before the game on Thursday, the game against Mexico on Thursday was was pretty crazy. I mean, they looked, the U.S. men's national team looked as good as I have ever seen them in a game against Mexico. I mean, they were running through them. Uh, that game got very, very chippy. That game ended nine against nine after two players from each team were shown red cards. I mean, the Mexico guys were were hacking like Javi Baez out there, just going after ankles, and the U.S. guys were retaliating. Huge crowd at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It was just, uh, I wasn't expecting anything that crazy to happen with the U.S. men's national team six months after the last World Cup. I thought we'd get a little bit uh, of time to cool off, but it was it was wild, it was intense, it was a lot of fun. Come on, it's now ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton chiming in here uh, on your radio dial. Let's talk a little bit more Shrine Game, Andrew, because we heard from a whole bunch of the young men that played in the East-West Shrine Game. But we didn't get to really give you any analysis of these guys. This always happens. I plan the whole first hour of the show, and then we don't get to half of it. So we keep on talking about it. But, I mean, that's what you're here for. We got a lot of time to talk about the NFL so we're going to talk some more high school stuff right now. Let's just make this one of our prep extras for the week. Farmer State Bank, proud to uh, present the prep extra two to three times a week here on Nuanas Now. Farmer State Bank, been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. I'll just leave it open, an open-ended question to begin, Andrew. What or who popped to you the most or stood out to you the most uh, during the action on Saturday night? I thought early on it was one of the guys we just heard from, Asher Fettis, really For jumped sure. out to me just because of uh, his, his his frame. He's a big, tall guy. He was playing in the middle of the defense for the mm-hmm. East. Uh, and like you said, and like you mentioned a couple times, the East guys were going really hard in the first half. And I thought he was a big part of that. I thought he was all over the field. Uh, and he's he's a tough guy to uh, to not notice just because how, how big he is and how well he is moving. As we moved into the second half, I thought... Um, 
some of the things that we probably thought were going to be impressive before the game turned out to be really impressive, and that was the West offensive line really started to move the East guys back, and that opened stuff up for for mostly for Adam Jones, uh, but also Jarrett Wilson, the Polson quarterback. Really impressive as a dual threat guy. I thought he was sort of the spark there at the end of the first half, beginning of the second. Uh, the West team for a while there was moving the ball best when they had Jarrett Wilson in the game, and not only that, but when they were running him. Uh, and then sort of as the second half wore on, game started to open up a little bit. West started to wear the East down, and we were able to see a little bit more uh, the throwing talent of Pat Duchesne, uh, the speed of Adam Jones and Tom Carter for the West. The it's it's very interesting to me to watch all of the various ways that just football in general has evolved around the state of Montana and just how much the game has evolved. Period. I mean, that's one of the most compelling parts about covering the sport of football is. Even just since I started doing this 17 years ago, the game is just a completely different game, and that will continue to evolve. There's always new wrinkles, new folds. The strategy it has so much diversity and depth to it. So um, it's always interesting to watch how the game unfolds. But the other, there's a, there's sort of a, an athletic, but also sort of a, uh, so, I don't even know how to say it. Like, there's just not nearly as many grown men playing amongst boys. Like you've heard that that saying so often. He's a man against boys. And I don't know if that's because the talent there's is way deeper and better. And so it's harder for guys to truly just take a game by storm. Or if that's because of the way the game's changed, or if that's just because of the way that young people are developing now and they sort of all develop at a similar rate rather than having like really accelerated development and maybe underdevelopment too when it comes to just, you know, growing and becoming a man and all those things. So I don't know. It's interesting. Usually when you see these high school football all-star games, there's one or two guys that are like, wow, that guy's a man against boys, but that guy's going to have to figure out how to transition when he's playing against other men because he won't be able to just outman them like so often sort of the the very accelerated maturation characters can. Now it seems like there's not nearly that gap, but it also just seems like there's not just like someone to just truly dominate. For example, Pat Duchesne's a good player, really talented player out of Florence High School. And he, uh, and we'll hear from Pat tomorrow uh, as well. And usually when you have a Division One bound guy, he's just so much better than almost everybody he's going to play against, even in All-Star games. Duchesne was good in this game, but he didn't completely shred it. I mean, he, he certainly had a lot of, of resistance uh, from the East defense. And he also wasn't even the best quarterback on his team. I thought he and Jarrett Wilson both shared the spotlight. And Jarrett Wilson was the overall MVP of this game out of Polson High School. So it's just interesting to me how I think that there's more pretty good players. And I think there's so many of these guys that are great prospects that could become very good players. And like I always say, if, if these guys from Montana, they're going to the Cats or the Grizz, if they stick it out, first of all, if they have good fortune and they stay healthy, and they stick it out, and they make it to their senior year, they're going to probably almost certainly have a role on the team. Now, what is that role? Is it as a contributing special teams person, or is it as a star? There's a variety of levels you can get to, but if you stick it out as a Montana kid, it's so often true that you will be at least a contributing member on the team. You're going to be a valuable member of a, of a prestigious football program. Uh, but I don't know if you could claim that anybody in this game was was sure fire. So what did you think of this this field of talent from a prospect perspective? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. It was, it was tough to see guys who were standing out head and shoulders ahead of the field. I think more than anything, it was the overall depth of the West that sort of made the score as lopsided as it was. Uh, as far as guys I'm excited to see at the next level, I think I think Talon Marsh looked really exciting for the West squad. He did. It was interesting. Talon's been on the show three times, so we've gotten to know him. I've texted with him a whole bunch. We were sort of following him during the recruiting thing, and, you know, you always said, you know, when we do what we do at Skyline Sports here, you mention these guys on Twitter, and then you get to know them a little bit via text, but it was fun to meet a lot of these guys for the first time. Even though Marsh has come on this show, and we've had probably 30 minutes of conversation, I never actually met him in person. He is uh, he's an incredibly uh, impressive football player. I understood why he was slightly under-recruited. I mean, you think about a guy that had nearly 60 sacks in his high school career, and he, he was getting recruited very hard by Montana State, not very much by Montana, and that's about it. It's because he's only about as tall as me. He's about six foot one. That said, I think that kind of guy could be such a great FCS player because you might get overlooked because you're not tall enough, or so they say, so the, the metrics or whatever the, the prototypes say. But Marsh runs really well. He's unbelievably aggressive. You could tell he's super smart. I mean, he's unbelievable in a review on this show. Uh, I, I liked what I saw to Marsh, too. And, he, you know, he fought through a hamstring injury. Hopefully that doesn't uh, keep him down too long. But... Uh, Certainly um, a, a guy that I think has a lot of upside, especially because he's going to be sort of a long-term developmental project. That's why he could be so good. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I was down there on the west sideline watching him roll his hamstring out between series and then getting on the field and, and chasing the ball uh, like a madman. I thought Austin Beeler looked a little bit more like a man among boys than I, I thought he was going to. Austin Beeler has here, – here's how you know a kid has unbelievable upside – he looked 20 pounds bigger and two years older to me than the last time I'd seen him, and it had only been six months since I'd seen him. He certainly matured even since he did, like, the photo shoot when he was on his official visit. Like, if you just compare pictures from Saturday to last fall, he's matured a ton since then. And so I, I agree with you. I mean, he was sort of the six foot six, spindly, wiry, skinny yep. guy, and he did not look skinny on Saturday. He's probably up to 260, 265. 265. And, and he's, and he's going he's gonna to be even bigger than that by the time this next fall is over. I mean, this this kid is going to accelerate quickly. And, you know, you're, you're mixing and matching offensive lines for these games. He looked a solid half a head taller than Jonathan Lumen, the Florence offensive lineman who's, who's going to the Cats. Uh, I thought he really stood out from a physical standpoint. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Lumen's an intriguing story as well because he's only played football for a couple of years. He certainly has a ton of room to grow physically, and he's already about 6'4", 280, so he certainly has a lot of mass. He's going to get way, way, way better as he keeps playing and as he keeps lifting as well. I thought it was uh, interesting, though, that the West played Lumen at left tackle and Bueller at right tackle. Um, maybe a little tip of the cap to just the ability to, to pick stuff up. Uh, on Lumen and also disability to play uh, on that blind side as well. Uh, other guys that really stood out to me, I, I thought, and and if his career comes to fruition, like many people hope, and he goes and is a star at Montana State, I, I think that Grizz fans are going to have much consternation over it because he's a Missoula guy and he's an outstanding athlete and a really good kid too. And I can't wait to have him on the show tomorrow. Adam Jones was was the standout to me in terms of with the ball in his hands. He just looks different when he's in the hole. And, uh, you know, 
I think that his athletic diversity also gives him such amazing upside. He he had the ability to probably go play either baseball or hockey in college as well. And now that he's going to focus on one sport. I mean, he's also a track guy too, right? Like he's played four sports in, in high school. Now he gets to concentrate on one. You take his his predisposed gifts and the fact that he hasn't really ever concentrated on a single sport and the fact that he's just he's got that special juice. I thought he was one of the most impressive guys in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also liked Kate Boyd, who we talked to earlier. I thought that he looked, he had a little bit of shake with the ball in his hands as well. Great foot speed, too. I mean, that's why we wanted to go, because we wanted to see these guys like right now in their most recent iteration, right when they're going into college. And I analyzed several things. How you built, how do you move, how do you bend? But when I was watching Boyd, right away you think, okay, this guy, he picks up his feet. He, he has a great stride. He's very explosive. And I was thinking, man, that would have been a hell of a get for Montana Tech because you know he, he's certainly going to have a challenge at Montana. It, it's Division One. I. I mean, think about all the running backs that Montana has on their roster right now. They got Minnesota Player of the Year and Eli Gilman, and they got guys like you know Isaiah Childs and Xavier Harris and Nick Oswald. I mean, they got the guys that were some of the best running backs in their state in high school. You know, and Xavier Harris is from California, from Southern California. Uh, so there, it's certainly a, a group that's always going to have extreme talent. But Kate Boyd certainly has the sort of baseline, I thought at least, uh, athleticism and uh, foot speed to to transition. Um, I'm not going to say easily, but certainly he has a chance at the uh, at the Division One level. Uh, you mentioned Cy Stevenson. I thought he was really good as well. You could tell he he sees it well from the linebacker spot, triggers quickly, and he's pretty fearless as well. And he and heard in that interview, he's got a lot of confidence in himself as well. So um, you can even tell he's a little bit mature, more mature since the last time you talked to him too, right? I, I thought he was a, a good interview, and uh, I thought he was an impressive player for the West defense as well, future Grizz. I could definitely tell that. You know, he was a good interview. We talked to him right after he committed because we try to catch up with all these kids, particularly the kids from out of Montana who are going to either Montana or Montana State. I thought he was a good interview back then, but I think you're exactly right. Way more confident. In fact, that's what stood out to me the most about, especially the three Grizz commits who I interviewed after the game. Yeah, I thought all those guys just really good, confident interviews. And it's hard not to be sure. after you've played and you've dominated a high school football all-star game Yeah, because you got the confidence flowing from just being on that field. Uh, and then also making a bunch of plays on that field, which all those guys did. For sure. Uh, but I thought all three of those guys were, were really engaging, really confident, and I think that's a, a big plus. It, oh, it absolutely is. It, it, to, to continue your point, though, it, it is also an outstanding venue to get the interviews in. It is hard, kind of hard to track the guys down, but, you know, you're calling a guy on the phone at 4.30 in the afternoon. He's been thinking about the interview all day. He's a little bit nervous to come on live radio. He knows there's millions of people listening across the world to Nuanas now. When you're on the field the strike game, he knows it's not live. He's feeling real good about himself. You know, all the girls are there. They just sold out this. I mean, there was like 5,000 people there to watch these guys, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Like, man, all these people paid money to get a ticket to come watch us play. So, and you know, you got the juices flowing, the adrenaline's flowing, all the factors are there. I thought every single one of these kids was unbelievably confident. It was really fun. It was a great energy. It was fun being around the guys. I agree. And you know, you also know you're not going to get them for longer than two minutes or maybe two That's and a half right. minutes because right. after that they lose the juice for the interview. But but you can get um, some really good stuff from them and and sort of see those guys 
in their element, which I think especially is important for guys who are trying to project to the next level, right? That's exactly right. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Fun time at the East-West Shrine game. I'm trying to think if I have any more thoughts about any of these uh, individual guys. As we mentioned sort of in passing there, a couple guys that were on the rosters uh, that we didn't get to see in action, Jackson Tucker out of Billings West, he was hurt. And Clay Oven out of Billings Central, he was hurt. Those guys certainly could have helped the, the West's cause as well. And then a young man who joined us last week, who's leaving this week to go to Boston College, Reed Harris of Great Falls High. You said that multiple times while you were in Butte there, Andrew. You're like, man, the one thing that could give the, the East some juice is if Reed Harris was in the game. I mean, the six foot five, 230-pound state champion in the 200 meters, is a, it would be a good addition for anybody. But it was uh, – I, I, I get why Reed Harris is doing what he's doing. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's reporting out East this next week, but uh, he would have been a nice bolster for the East. Absolutely. I mean, if there's any guy in the state who's going to who stands out physically, right? Who's just going to sort of uh, dominate because of how big and fast he is? It would be Reed Harris. Um, yeah, I mean, you were. I'd love to get more of your thoughts just on uh, maybe what the future of these games are because we did see a couple injuries and and for sure. I can definitely understand a guy like Reed Harris wanting to to skip a game like that. No doubt. I mean. We were standing on the east sideline. The The West was in the red zone. They were marching down. Bryce Greeby, who's one of the standout linebackers for the east, he's a Melstone kid, Class C kid, who's headed to Montana State. He's the younger brother of Bryce Greeby. It's a, you know, it's a, a sort of a, a red zone play, and he gets rolled up on. And at first, he appeared to be very injured. He really was in pain. They did the ACL test on him. But then I realized quickly that it was a lower extremity in- injury. It was an ankle, uh, ankle or foot. It wasn't the knee. But for a moment, you're like, no, man. Because we, I mean, I remember the Strine game a couple of years ago. Joel Ols- Joe Ols- Olson, excuse me, the great Bozeman High School running back who was headed to Montana State, he tore his ACL in the Strine game. He was never the same. He 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 was he was not playing college football a couple years later because he couldn't bounce back from it. So when Grippy went down, you're like, man, don't be hurt. There have been several guys that have been hurt, and I'm not saying it's it's a bigger loss for a Division One guy to get hurt. Any guy that gets hurt in these is a bummer. But I, I don't know what you do because, first of all, selfishly, this is one of my favorite events of the summer. I love it. I go every year. It makes me so happy. I love being around the guys. It raises money for a great cause. It's a great evaluation tool for us. It's very good for us professionally and from a content standpoint. We get to have reunions with people from around the state. From our perspective, this is as good as it gets. That's one of my favorite nights of the year. I love going to the Shrine game. Also, high school all-star football games are awesome, and these guys deserve to have a chance to play in them. And so I'm by no means advocating for guys to sit out. And I also don't know how you mitigate it either because the the easiest way to get hurt playing football is to not go hard. So you can't right. just say, you know, don't Take go it hard. easy, yeah. Right. I thought all the hitting and everything was clean and flush, and I thought these guys all didn't look that rusty. They looked very good. So I don't. I think it just comes with the territory. I don't know. I guess it's it's too bad because you don't want, a, you know, a whole glut of guys skipping because they don't want to get hurt. But you also don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to. I don't think you want anybody feeling like they have to play, right? I sure. Think if you're a guy like Reed Harris, who's I mean, he's going out. He's playing for Boston College. He's playing ACC football, right? We. 
we all want him to succeed there, right? He's taken Montana with him to the to the ACC, uh, and we hope he shows out there. And and you know, if he thinks that he's better off not playing in this game, I think that's a perfectly fine decision to make. I think in a state in a state like Montana, I don't think it's really going to be an issue, right? I think there are going to be enough kids who want to play in this game every year that you're not really going to have a problem with it where it where it threatens the game. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. That's our Prep Extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. The Montana Football Hall of Fame banquet is this upcoming weekend. We'll fill you in, everybody that's getting inducted, and what's sort of the tail of the tape for one of the great events of the summer every year here in the Treasure State. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, a ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. So I have a confession to make. As you know, if it's, you know, not to go too far down the crazy train hole, but... If it's original, non, outside of the machine, and if you know, if you know, you know, country music, singer songwriters, Americana, folk, flair, I love it. If it's part of the machine, country music, can't stand it. Well, I was pretty naive, <laughs> and uh, I, I guess this is more of an example of ignorance than naivety. I thought Luke Bryan was Zach Bryan. Well, Luke Bryan is exactly what I'm talking about. Straight out of the machine, country music, you know, backwards snapbacks and nothing but talking about the back of the pickup truck and whatever the hell they're talking about. Zach Bryan, though, a brilliant singer-songwriter, and I've been uh, so happy to find out that he is not part of that Nashville machine, but instead is, uh, you know, same vein as like guys like Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson, a little less edgy, a little bit more romantic, but uh, that album... Man, unbelievable. What an unbelievable songwriter. Welcome back to On Is Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The news of the day, sad news. Jim Brandenburg, longtime head coach at Wyoming and then San Diego State, but before that, the head coach at the University of Montana in men's basketball. He passed away today at the age of 87. Coach was uh, certainly a really fun guy to talk to. Only talked to him a couple times, but uh, certainly a guy guy from a bygone era who uh, had a lot of stories, a lot to say, and uh, really, really a guy that really helped educate me early 
uh, when it came to the lineage and the tradition and the history of the University of Montana men's basketball program. So rest in peace uh, to Jim Brandenburg, uh, dead at the age of 87. The Montana Football Hall of Fame is coming up this uh, upcoming weekend. Golf tournament Friday. They're uh, right outside of Billings and Huntley. And then the uh, the banquet is on Saturday. Starts at 5 p.m. Uh, for the meet and greet and the cocktail hour. And then 6 p.m. for dinner. And then the event will get rolled. The actual induction ceremony will get rolling at 7. Our inductees this year, uh, another star-studded class as always. I unfortunately will not be able to make it to the Montana Football Hall of Fame this year. It's the first one I've missed. This is our eighth annual induction ceremony. And... Uh, First one I've missed. I have to attend my late aunt's funeral in uh, Coeur d'Alene this upcoming weekend. So certainly um, tough family news, but the induction ceremony nonetheless will be great. And if you can go, go on my behalf. How about that? Even if you don't go on my behalf, it's a really, really fun time. You're going to hear all sorts of great stories. We bring as many of the inductees from previous years back to the induction ceremony as well. So you're going to have... Uh, a couple dozen former NFL players in the same room. It is the greatest reunion in Montana, and uh, really happy that it's back for yet another year. Our induction class this year, headlined by Colt Anderson, a Butte, Montana product, who then went to the University of Montana and then played nine seasons in the NFL. Mike Person, a Glendive native, who played at Montana State at an All-American level and then played for nine seasons in the NFL. Other inductees include Dallas Neal, who's a great Falls product, who went to Montana and then played in the National Football League. Lynn Ahrens, who's actually the grandfather of Trayton Pickering, the Bobcat tight end currently from Sunburst. Ahrens grew up in Wolf Point, then went to Eastern Montana College and then played in the NFL. And Al Wilson, who's a Montana State alum, played for the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. Those are our player inductees, Dallas Neal, Cole Anderson, Mike Person, Lynn Ahrens, and Al Wilson. Then our legacy... Category features Alan Reynolds. Alan Reynolds was pivotal in getting the Montana Football Hall of Fame off the ground. He is a football historian. He wrote several books about football and the impact of football in Montana. And uh, he abruptly and and, uh, much too soon passed away this last year. Um, I can't remember how old he was, but was not very old and uh, certainly a sad one for all of us at the Montana Football Hall of Fame. And then our other inductee in the legacy category was already in the Montana Football Hall of Fame, but certainly um, worth remembering again. The late Sonny Holland, an unbelievably impactful man to me and my family, somebody we got to know well during our time in Bozeman. Certainly um, one of the most humble Men I've ever been around, and uh, such a great leader, a guy that impacted so many different lives. Uh, He passed away uh, this last year as well, so we'll honor both of those guys. And then in our support category, Dan Rambo, who hails from Libby and then uh, went to Carroll College. He was an executive in both the NFL and the CFL. So that's our induction class for this year. It's always so fun to learn about some of the the, uh, way older historic guys. I was just perusing some of our induction classes from over the years. Here's a good one that maybe you haven't heard of. That's a very He was a very prestigious player, but he played at the University of Montana during the Great Depression. Montana Football Hall of Fame, one more time, in Billings this upcoming weekend. You want tickets 
visit a Universal Athletics store. There's about 10 of them in Montana. Any of them will have tickets. You can also visit mtfootballhof.com Saturday uh, in Billings at the Billings Hotel and Convention Center. One guy that I'll highlight, and I always throw this guy's name into the argument when people are talking about, you know, we love to talk about the greatest of all time. Who's the greatest this? Who's the greatest that? Andrew and I were actually talking about reviving our Big Sky Figures to Remember series coming up. So we had a bunch of names to talk about. But one guy who's a really good one, uh, just in terms of uh, his memory sort of fading, but I hope it doesn't because he was so outstanding, Milt Popovich. He was uh, known as the Butte Missile, hailed from Butte, Montana, born there in Butte, December 28th of 1915. He was the youngest of eight children in the Popovich family. And only... Three of them survived till adulthood. So that shows you how hard life was way back then. Only Gene Popovich, Zorka Popovich, and Milt Popovich of the eight Popovich children uh, survived all the way till adulthood. So uh, certainly uh, born Butte tough, no doubt about it. At Butte High School, Popovich was a prominent athlete competing in football, basketball, and track. He played on the 1932 and 1933 Butte High State basketball teams. He was also on the 1933 team uh, for track and field that took the state crown, and he scored 12 uh, points at that state meet. He was known as the Butte Bullet. Uh, He really made his name returning uh, kickoffs. He scored an 89-yard touchdown on a kick return in the city title game against Butte Central. That was when his legend, Popovich's legend, first started to build. It was the first time ever a kick had been returned for a touchdown in that Butte High-Butte Central rivalry. Popovich was uh, named first-team All-State two years in a row and then went to the University of Montana. He took back two punts for scores in a win over Montana State in the 1936 Cat Grizz game in Butte. So that's pretty darn good. And he led the Grizzlies to a 7-1 record in 1937, was named a first-team All-American. This is back in the day when there was not different levels. Uh, there was different levels, but if to be an All-American, you just had to be a straight-up All-American, period. All levels of football were voted on, and Popovich was a first-team All-American in 1937. He then went on to play in the East-West Shrine game, which is one of the most prominent uh, All-Star games in the country. And then he was... The number 15 overall pick in the NFL draft. Now, to be fair, there was only 14 picks in the first round, but he still has the distinction, I believe, as the highest drafted player ever out of the Big Sky Conference, and he certainly has the distinction as the highest drafted player ever out of the University of Montana. Now, you might say, Coulter, there's been two first-round picks out of the Big Sky. That's true. Uh, Bill Kohler, and then also a receiver from Northern Arizona whose name is slipping my mind at this exact moment. They were each picked in the first round of the NFL draft, but they were both picked in the mid-20s. Popovich was the number 15 overall pick, so a little bit of a caveat there. He wasn't a first-round pick, but still, he is the highest-drafted player ever out of the big sky in terms of overall pick. Popovich then went on to play seven years for the Chicago Cardinals of the NFL and uh, then finished his football career as a player-coach for the Seattle Bombers. Bobovich passed away in 2005, so when we inducted him to the Montana Football Hall of Fame uh, 12 years later, his daughter gave his induction speech. Most of it was about his life in Chicago during the mid-1930s. He's playing in the NFL. He's making a little bit of money, but this is also at the height of the Great Depression. It's also it's sort of in the ebbs and flows of Prohibition, at this exact moment, Chicago has an unbelievable uh, establishment of organized crime. And so his daughter told all these stories of him 
Popovich didn't know what the future would hold. He didn't know if he was going to make the Chicago Cardinals. So he stayed in a hotel in downtown Chicago his first two years in the league. Well, this hotel, I think, was pretty prominent because she told stories of him seeing, you know, the comings and goings of guys like Frank Sinatra, Joe DiMaggio, like all the, the who's who's, you know, some of the, all, the, the all-time great Cubs players of the time. And uh, it was just cool to sort of hear those stories. And then, of course, as so many Mining City natives do, Popovich returned after his retirement to the Mining City in 1946 and lived there uh, for the rest of his life, lived there for the next 60 years. He's not only a Montana Football Hall of Fame um, inductee, he also is in the Butte Sports Hall of Fame, inducted in 1987. He's in the University of Montana Sports Hall of Fame, inducted in 1993. And in 2000, Popovich was chosen by Sports Illustrated as one of the 50 greatest sporting figures of the century from the state of Montana. The Butte Bullet. Don't ever forget it. What a great nickname. What a great history. Mel Popovich was an inductee to the Montana Football Hall of Fame, class of 2017. Our induction ceremony is coming up on Saturday, this Saturday, at the Billings Hotel uh, event, uh, Hotel and Convention Center, excuse me, uh, there in the Magic City. So if you want to attend, visit a Universal Athletics store anywhere in Montana or visit mtfootballhof.com. We'll take you home here on this Monday. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. I promise we won't be so melancholy with the music tomorrow. It's just the kind of mood I was in. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Juneteenth as well. Hopefully you're having a great uh, start to your week. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, plus the Nuanas Now podcast, which is available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. If you missed anything in today's show, go check out the Nuanas Now podcast. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day whenever you're on the Montana State campus there in Bozeman. All three fine sponsors of the Nuanas Now podcast. Over the weekend, the Missoula Paddleheads pushed their winning streak to 10 in a row, but then they had that winning streak snapped last night. The Glacier Range Riders come through with a victory, but still a unbelievable stretch these last six for the Paddleheads. They won five in a row against the Range Riders to then take a five-game lead now uh, into the second half of June. So uh, Missoula is 18-6 and six in the Pioneer League North. That's five games clear of the Glacier Range Riders, who are 12-10 and 10. in the South. The Boise Hawks and the Ogden Raptors are each in first place. They're each 14 and 10. The Northern Colorado Owls are 13 and 10. Grand Junction dead even at 12 and 12. The uh, schedule coming up for uh, the Paddleheads. They are on the road. They're off today. They're on the road tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday in Idaho Falls against the Chuckers. And then the Chuckers will be in Missoula for the first time Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, uh, I, I'm almost certain we'll have tickets for you coming up to this weekend's games. But either way, if you uh, can't make it down to the ballpark, we will have all the Missoula Paddleheads action all summer long right here on ESPN Radio. Jeff Safford back for another summer 
uh, as the voice of the Paladins. The score uh, yesterday, by the way, up there in Kalispell, 14-11, to 11, the Range Riders win to salvage some semblance of competitiveness in the series, but the, the Paddleheads did win five in a row uh, against the Glacier Range Riders. So uh, Missoula Paddleheads, they continued to roll. Uh, Andrew, we broke down so many of the talent we saw at the East-West Strand game, but I wanted to ask you specifically uh, about the quarterbacks. I think we kind of know uh, about Cole Taylor, East quarterback from Great Falls CMR, who... Um, I think he's pretty clear he's probably going to play defense in, at the college level, but a great athlete for sure. Uh, I thought Jake Crossagranda looked okay, pretty good. Bozeman high guy who's going to Montana Tech. Pat Duchesne was up and down, but when he looked good, he looked great. Florence High going to Bozeman, uh, going to Montana State. Uh, and then the guy who's the offensive player of the year, or excuse me, the uh, the overall MVP of this East West Shrine game, though, was the smallest of the quarterbacks, uh, but certainly the uh, the most elusive and most fun to watch. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect from Jarrett Wilson in this game because uh, the offense that they run at Polson is just that such wide open uh, air raid style. I mean, his passing statistics were just off the charts the last couple of years in high school. Wasn't sure what to expect from him, but like I said, uh, he was a real spark plug for the West as a runner. Uh, really impressed me with that facet of his game. Interested to see, um, you know, what he does in college, whether he whether he finds the right role in the right offense. Here's the there's a couple advantages that Jarrett Wilson has. First of all, I was talking to some of the Polson guys after the game. Jarrett Wilson's father, Scott Wilson, was the head coach up there at Polson forever. His older brother Tanner played for the Grizz, and then Matt Rensvold, who's Tanner's best friend, who also just finished up his Grizz career. They were all there, so I was chatting with those guys for a little bit. And uh, as Rensvold said, Jarrett Wilson's just a straight gamer. Every time he's been in a big moment, he's played well. And that's not just in, in uh, football. It's been in basketball. I mean, the, if you just look at the kid, he, he's not big at all. But then you realize, oh, my gosh, this kid is super smooth, super athletic, super explosive. The other part, though, here is that he's going to play for a coach that reminds me of him. Kyle Sampson at Montana Tech, Kyle Sampson was like Jarrett Wilson in high school. He was he was not very big. He walked out of the Grizz, made a splash, but then his dad got the Mark Sampson got the head coaching job up there at Montana State Northern. Kyle Sampson went up to Northern and was one of the great NAIA quarterbacks in the country. He set a whole bunch of records up there at MSU Northern. And uh, there's been some some sort of slider quarterbacks that have already had great success for uh, for Kyle Sampson. I mean. For example, when Kyle Sampson graduated MSU Northern, then he became the offensive coordinator up there. He coached Derek Lear, who was the head coach of the East in this game, but Lear was an outstanding MSU Northern quarterback and then is now the head coach at Fergus High School there in Lewistown. So a lot of ties there. But the fact is, Kyle Sampson was an undersized but really electric quarterback himself. He's coached a bunch of guys like that. So I think that gives Jarrett Wilson a, a great chance. If I was a Montana Tech fan that was in attendance in Butte, and I realized that two of the four quarterbacks in this game, in this East-West Shrine game, are both coming to Tech, I'd be pretty excited. Because I, I thought, you know, you got the sort of scat back type quarterback in Jarrett Wilson and also sort of the prototype looking quarterback in uh, in Jay Casagranda. I, I, would be, I would certainly be pretty excited. Last one for you, Andrew. What would you think of Pat Duchesne? 
like you said, up and down, it took them a while to to get going the first couple series. I mean, the story for the West early was that their defense was playing really great. Mm -hmm. So they were playing basically most of the first half on just the one half of the field. I thought it was really telling that the West opened up with Pat Duchesne at quarterback by throwing the ball uh, on the first couple plays and really on the first couple series. I think that says a lot about what the coaches think about him. For sure. Uh, And I definitely thought that there were moments in the second half. I mean, the touchdown throw to to Eli Taylor where he's able to escape the pocket. He also had a big-time line drive laser throw while he was rolling right, I think a little bit earlier in that drive. Uh, So he was able to show a little bit of what makes him so highly touted uh, in the second half there. Super fun weekend. Really enjoyed being there uh, at the East-West Shrine game. And uh, can't wait to see how much money they raised because it was a great crowd. And all the money goes to the Shriners Hospital. Oh, I just saw it on Twitter. Ashley Washburn tweeted about it. $61,000. Very good. Very nice. That's uh, that's excellent. That'll certainly rank among the best Shrine game uh, collections there. And uh, love the Butte showed out for it. Love that... Uh, it's just a really fun environment to be around. It's just a really fun to be around all these guys. It's sort of this passage of time, this coming of age. You know, it's their last high school game. For a lot of guys, it's sort of like their first college game, playing with some guys for the last time, playing against some guys for the first time, playing against guys you're going to play with in the future. There's just so many fun storylines. And the fact that it all raises money for a great cause is also uh, outstanding as well. Tomorrow, we'll have our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individuals from around the state of Montana. Justin Engel, the business angle, he'll be in to talk San Diego State defecting from the Mountain West. And we'll also have some senior spotlight stuff as well, including Adam Jones, live about 4.15. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.